joyful noise. What a joyful noise. Thank you so much. I'm so excited they're doing this for us. Good morning, everybody. It is such a joy to be back with you today. And uh, I just can't wait. Didn't Aaron do, those of you who are here or watch, didn't Aaron do a fabulous job last week, right? Yeah. Oh, and she gave you all such a good practice for the week, right? The idea of that blue glow and letting go of some of your time watching TV or binging in Netflix or whatever it is for you. So how many of you took that on? Yay! I know. I heard some of you talking about it through the week. I was telling her, and I can't wait to see how this spiritual practice went because I just know that some of you have something to share. So who'd like to share with me? What is something that you got as an aha from taking on that practice this week? Ah, Kim. All right. I don't know which one this is, but there it is. So not a huge TV viewer, just the last hour of the day, but it was also snack time for me. So I actually think <laughs> a lot of eating habits are changed. <laughs> so we're going to be watching the, the waist whittling down. Double, double blessing, right? Anybody else want to share? Yes, Donna, thank you. Well, I am a huge TV watcher, but it's mainly current events, and I always like to know what's going on, and as we know, Right now, it's chaos, so yeah. it was peaceful. Yeah. It was peaceful. We watched a lot less TV. Well, John didn't watch it, but we watched a lot less TV, and it was peaceful. And it was peaceful. John, did you notice Donna was more peaceful this week? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all, and you know, that's a good practice to continue beyond this week, too, even if you don't cut it completely out, but can you cut it back, which is... I have to be honest, what I focused on this week. So we are here almost nearing the end of our wisdom tales from around the world. And today we're sharing one from the Jewish tradition. And uh, I love this little story um, called This Too Shall Pass. This comes from ancient Israel, a King Solomon legend. King Solomon's captain of the guard was named Benaiah. He served the king with all his heart and took great pride in never failing to do what was requested of him. One day, King Solomon heard Benaiah boasting to his soldiers, I can accomplish any task the King Solomon sets before me. Solomon knew Benaiah was a quiet man of action who rarely spoke. His boasting disturbed the king, who decided that Benaiah must be humbled. King Solomon thought, I will give Benaiah an impossible task. Then he will no longer brag that he can accomplish anything I ask. King Solomon called Benaiah to his side and said, My heart longs to own a certain magical ring. I wish for you to obtain it for me. Benaiah bowed low and, smiling broadly, said, Anything you wish is my command. Describe the ring so that I might set forth immediately and find it for you. King Solomon's eyes twinkled mischievously. The ring he wanted did not exist. He commanded, within six months' time, bring me a ring that can make a happy person sad and a sad person happy. Benaiah had never heard of such a wonder, but dedicating himself to the task, he said, I will search the world if I must and bring you the ring that you request. Benaiah set off immediately to the marketplace. 
He visited every goldsmith in Jerusalem, but none had ever heard of the magic ring Benaiah described. None of the silversmiths had seen or heard of the ring either. Perhaps this ring is from a distant land. And so he set forth to meet caravans traveling from afar. He approached each trader in precious gems and asked, Have you ever seen a magical ring that can make a happy person sad and a sad person happy? But none of the camel drivers or traders had ever heard of such a ring. Benaiah went to the ports where sea captains from distant lands anchored their ships. Benaiah asked each captain if he had ever heard of such a magical ring. But each shook their head and scratched their beard, and none could help him in his request. Months passed. Benaiah met every caravan that passed and visited every ship that sailed into port. He sought out jewelers far and wide. It seemed as though for the first time, Benaiah would fail to do what the king had asked of him. He was downhearted and miserable. The day before the ring was due, Benaiah went to the bazaar distraught and worried. He searched the jewelry stalls once again. As he passed a ragged boy with some crude rings and bracelets set out on a rug alongside the road, he paused and said to himself, I must not leave any stone unturned. He asked the boy, Do you have a magical ring that can make a happy person sad and a sad person happy? The boy shook his head and replied, I have no such ring. Benaiah's eyes welled with tears. Now he was certain that he had failed. The boy's grandfather overheard the conversation, and he stepped out of the shadows and said, Perhaps I have just the ring you want. The old man took a simple gold band and engraved some words on it. He then handed it to Benaiah. The moment Benaiah looked at the ring, his sad face spread into a smile. Instantly, a sigh of relief washed away his frustration and the sorrow that he felt during his long search. Yes, indeed, he said, this is the ring. The next day at the palace, Benaiah entered King Solomon's court. A feast was in progress, and King Solomon was in a happy mood, laughing with all of his guests. King Solomon saw Benaiah enter and said to himself, I will not let him suffer long in his humiliation. After he admits that he was unable to accomplish the task I set before him, I will tell him that I gave him an impossible task to do. I shall explain that I did this to humble him. Benaiah bowed and presented the ring to King Solomon, who jovially took it in his hand. The moment King Solomon's eyes gazed upon his ring, the cheerful smile vanished from his face. He looked about the grandeur of his court and realized that someday his life would all be dust. The simple gold ring in his hand was inscribed with the Hebrew letters Gimel, Zion, and Yud, and said, This too shall pass. He knew that the same ring could bring comfort and relief to someone who struggled with grief and misfortune. It was indeed the magical ring he had requested of his loyal soldier. King Solomon took Benaiah in his arms and begged forgiveness for testing him. He gave Benaiah his ruby ring and placed the simple gold band with the powerful thought, This too shall pass on his own finger. King Solomon wore the magic ring from then on, for it offered him wisdom and balance all the days of his life. The story of this too shall pass. So 
I have a question for you. How many of you at some point remember holding that phrase in your mind? This too you shall pass, right? So what kinds of things did you think about that with? Yeah, Peggy. My teenage son. Anyone with teenagers? Hold that thought, this too, or two-year-olds, right? This too you shall pass. Anybody else want to share? Yeah, Sandy. Yeah, last year, David, uh, Sandy's husband, fell off of a ladder and was months, months in recovering. And that idea, this too shall pass, is a helpful one. A loss. And you just lost your beloved dog yesterday. Yeah, so a loss. When you experience a loss, that idea, that grief, this too will pass. Anybody else? Yeah, Eileen. Going through a separation and a divorce, holding that idea, this too shall pass. I thought, yeah, um, Penelope. Ah, yes, and Mark. Penelope fell and broke her kneecap. This too shall pass, and it has. She was off on my magnificent hike through the ledges, climbing over rocks for the first time, and she was so excited. So, yay, Penelope, it did pass. Yes, Felissa. For speaking to that, right, Felissa? Even at the height of a joyful time, this too shall pass. Greg. The middle of January. And the middle of January. Did anybody have that idea the middle of July when we were in like the midst of that heat, right? This too shall pass. So, yeah. Yeah, Simon. And you're hoping still that this too shall pass? Or whatever it will be, this too shall pass. Thank you for sharing. You can hear that the majority of the this too shall pass is around those things that we would label as negative, right? Things that I don't want to go through. There's great comfort in this idea that this too shall pass. How many of us, like Calissa does, right, in the midst of something good happening, hold that same idea. And I would posit a guess that some of you do without realizing that you do. See if this sounds familiar to you. Have you ever been in the midst of something really fabulous happening and all of a sudden you catch it and go, ooh, I better be careful because the other shoe might drop? Anybody ever have that thought? I don't want to get too comfortable in this because you know what might be around the corner? I share this good news with too many people. The gods might look down upon me and decide I've had too much good. Right? And so isn't in that the understanding and the knowing that we all have that this too shall pass? This too shall pass. Everything. In unity, we teach that we are a part of the temporal realm, the relative realm. That just means that Everything changes. Is there anything in our life and in our world that doesn't change? Given enough time, even the Grand Canyon was made over a period of time. If we look at the force that created that Grand Canyon and changed that Grand Canyon, is there any idea that we could hold that we too aren't going to be changed through the experience of life? The one constant 
in this relative realm that I can identify is that change will happen. Change will happen. Civilizations will come and they will go. Civilizations that we are willing to go to war with each other about may not be here a hundred, two hundred, five hundred years from now. Those two shall pass. Relationships that we are in today, even if we are in those relationships and they're strong and healthy, someday those two will pass because there is nobody here that is exempt from the idea that these bodies will someday be set aside. And so this too shall pass. We live in a temporal realm where all things pass over time. And so I'm reminded, back a couple of Sundays ago when we did the story, The Monk with Heavy Thoughts, that in the Buddhist tradition, you'll remember there are four noble truths. Anybody remember what the first noble truth is? Life is suffering. Life is suffering. What's the second noble truth? What causes the suffering? Attachments. That's right, Don. We suffer because we're attached to the way that we think life ought to be. And the third noble truth. There's a way out of the suffering. There's a way out of the suffering. And in the Buddhist tradition, that's the fourth noble truth, which is it's your way out is by following the Eightfold Path. You don't have to know the Eightfold Path to know the way out of the suffering. Because we, we share here at Unity our own path as our way out of the suffering. The fact of the matter is that life as we live it comes with its ups and its downs and that all things pass. We need to make peace with that idea. I had a phone call a couple of weeks ago from somebody not part of our community but wanting to know more about our community. And in the course of this conversation brought up a, a scripture from the Hebrew uh, scriptures, what we would call the Old Testament. I don't remember what the scripture was, but basically it went like this. You know, if you keep stayed on God, on the divine, you will be um, saved from evil, saved from wrongdoing happening to you. And the question that he was asking me was, do you believe that this is true? Do you believe that, that we could live our lives in such a way that bad things wouldn't happen to us, that evil would not befall us? And I shared with him an idea similar to what I'm sharing with you. Life is life. Bad things happen. Look at Jesus. Look at how his life ended. The response back was, yes, but does it really cause any harm if I hold this belief? If I, if I really believe that nothing could happen to me, does it really cause any harm? Is it harmful to hold that belief? And here's where I think we, we can run into problems. If we hold this idea, if I just think the right way, if I just have the right amount of faith, if I just know the perfect prayer, if I just do my spiritual practice so, then nothing bad will ever happen to me. That's the idea. But then what do we do when somebody that we love passes away? 
What do we do when we ourselves get diagnosed with a, a health challenge? What do we do when a relationship that we're expecting to last forever suddenly dissolves? What do we do then in those moments when something happens to us that is challenging? Cling to the way we wish it was and want it to be, which causes suffering. What else? What else did somebody say? Blame God. Anybody here ever blame God? You know, this bad thing happened to me, God. Why did you let that happen to me? Don't you love me? Don't you love me enough? What did I do? We can cause metaphysical malpractice on one another, right? Gosh, Jim, what did you do to bring that about? What thought were you holding in your mind? Didn't you believe the right thoughts to bring this about? You see how we can do that with ourselves and with one another? Now, I could leave you here with the despair of that. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) It's too, so bad. But I'm not going to do that because in unity, we too teach that there is a way out of the suffering. And we too teach that it's Detach from the way we think life ought to be. And while I say in the temporal realm the only constant is change, there is something that exists beyond the temporal realm out of which this realm came about, and that is the absolute realm. That is the realm of the divine. That is the realm of divine mind consciousness. That is the realm of all possibility. Are we one with that realm? Are you and I one with the Father as Jesus was? He's our example. He's our way shower. He's our teacher. Are we one with that divine power and presence that is God in every moment of every day? Can we be disconnected from that? No. And therein lies the unity way out of the suffering and out of the attachment. Because what you and I can know is that no matter what happens, the joy, what we would count a blessing, or the challenge, with what we would call, you know, the bad that's happening to us, no matter what happens, guess what we have within us? Here's the good news. What's inside of you and what's inside of me? What are we living and breathing and moving and having our being in? What is it? You might call it God. You might call it Ralph. I don't think that divine power and presence cares what you call it. But just remember that you have that within you. Just remember that whatever the situation is that you are walking through, you have everything that you need within you to meet it. And therein lies our hope. Therein lies our salvation. Therein lies the way out of being attacked that nothing bad befall me, and that I only experience good. It's like that idea means that I don't think I've got it in me to meet the challenges that life brings about. 
that stretches me into discovering the strength that I've got inside of me, that stretches me into realizing the power of my imagination to see it right, that stretches me into remembering that I've got wisdom within me, the wisdom that helps me to discern how am I going to show up in this right here, right now. I can show up in fear and worry and doubt and concern, and anger, and victimhood, and blame because of what life is doing to me. I can show up in fear that this good that I've got is going to be taken away, and then maybe I won't be okay anymore. I can show up like that, being tossed around by the winds of this temporal realm, by the ups and downs, by the chaos that's occurring out there in the world today. I can take a breath. I can remember that right here where I am, God is. And that very power and presence that is God is in me. And in that power and presence, I have everything to meet this moment, and I don't need to suffer through it. I can simply show up and be that. Just see yourself have the good the bad, and the ugly. But that presence of God within you, that presence of God that is the substance out of which all of this has been created, that will never pass. And therein lies our hope. I was quite surprised, by the way, to find how many of you thought that this too shall pass came from the Bible. Anybody think that? Right? It sounds like a Bible thing, right? Something you'd read in Proverbs or Psalms or something like that. It doesn't show up in the Bible. It's not in there. This too shall pass. If you find it, let me know, but it's not in there, I'm telling you. But what is in there over and over and over again? Lean on me. Count on me. Know me. That is what will take us through each of these times. So, I don't know, anybody got to practice that? Anybody got a good going on in your life that you're afraid will eventually end? And then what will I do? Or a challenge going on in your life and you don't know how you're going to get through it? This too shall pass. What do you Okay, so here is our practice for this week. Get in the habit of detaching from whatever the experience is. Don't get attached to needing it to be a certain way. Whether it's good or it's bad, this too shall pass. Throughout your week, pause and remember, this too shall pass. Find peace with that idea. How do you make peace with that idea? By finding that spirit of God within you. That's how you do it. How many of you are willing to take on that practice this week? Speaking. We've got something new I want to tell you about as you go down to the community room this week for fellowship. As you walk into the community room, if you look off to the left, there's a big table there. And on that big table, there's a green sign that says, Connecting Through Conversation. And on that table, there are some half-sheet flyers with this practice on it. 
And my intention is that those of you who would like to explore these ideas a little bit more, those of you who would like to engage in deeper conversation around these ideas, that you gather at that table and just have a a conversation. There's nobody going to be there facilitating it or making you think about it a certain way. This is just for you to support, to encourage one another, to inspire one another. Here's my challenge with this. Here's how I'm going to work with this this week. So I wanted to let you know about that. You also should have received when you came in our scripture for the day, the scripture that comes from Ecclesiastes. We all know that book of Ecclesiastes, right? There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens in the book of Ecclesiastes. So take this card. Post it somewhere where you're going to see it throughout the week to remember whatever it is that you're going through in this moment. This too shall pass. But there's one thing that won't pass, that power of God that's within me. Herein lies my salvation and yours. And when you're ready to release the card, and you can think of somebody who that might speak to, then give that wisdom away to them. I want to share one more thing. Each of us will at some point in our lives, if we haven't already experienced the death of a beloved, right? Each of our lives is temporary. And so, wow, how many weeks ago, six weeks ago or so, Al's wife, Rosemary, passed away. And so today, um, there is going to be a, a celebration of life for Rosemary. But the family has asked that this celebration of life be... Um, Uh, by invitation only. So they've invited certain people to this. And they are so appreciative of all of our prayers and holding all, lifting up the family in these prayers over these last six weeks. And they ask that you'll understand that this is what they have chosen to do. So we just hold Al and the Buner family and Rosemary's family in our hearts. It's an example of the temporariness of life how each one passed. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Let us move forward from this time together into the remembering and the living of our days this week. That while everything out here may change, while everything out here may pass, God's Spirit within me is absolute. Will you know that with me? Let's say that God's Spirit within me is absolute. God's Spirit within me is absolute. Let's say it again. God's Spirit within me is absolute. Turn to someone and say it to them. God's Spirit in you is absolute. There is our constant, and there is where we are called to live. Thank you, and God bless.